Hoffa Day, welcome back to Boca Talks. Uh, we are a podcast on the KUM Podcast Network. There's a ton of content on on this network. Um, everything from music to lifestyles to clothing to fashion to sports and even health-related stuff. Um, please give us a follow and listen to all the content that's going on. It's super, super interesting. And, um, well, today for Boca Talks, we have two very special guests in the room with us. Uh, we're going to talk about running, we're going to talk about programming, and we're going to talk about nutrition and how all three kind of come together to create um, a program that has suited the Gorilla Run team. So uh, I want to introduce... Um, Ryan, Dr. Ryan Claros, he has been with us before. What's up, Ryan? How are you, Jesse? How are you doing? Good. <laughs> and Mr. Eli Mons, what's going on, man? Buenas, buenas, buenas. Okay, so let's let's jump right into it. Uh, I wanted to do this to do this podcast because I've been seeing a lot of people on the road running lately, right? And for a lot of people, and I know a lot of my friends and other people that start running, they have all these goals to either do better on a 5K and eventually do a 10K and a half or full marathon. Now, the Gorilla Run team, which was started by Eli, what, like a decade ago? 10 years ago. Yeah, almost, right? Almost a decade? 10 years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 years. That's almost? Almost a decade. Um, but he started this this running group a long time ago, and I remember you guys. I remember seeing you guys at Spike mm-hmm. when I was training there a while back, and I would see you guys running all the time. And I looked at you, I'm like, man, that's that's dumb, just running all the time. What what got you into running, and why did you start that? Well, for me, it started a, a long time ago. Um, uh, I say, I think 2000, probably 2000, 2001. I I, I got int- introduced to a, a sport on a magazine and I was at um we were at at a at a clinic in the states and my wife at that time got diagnosed with lupus so um we were dealing with that and then trying to find out the right balance for her this illness that we just got introduced to um anyway found out that we had to change our our, our way of of seeing things health eating and all that so I was I was in a waiting room one day when she was getting her follow-up and it was this uh, guy that was 385 pounds and he got on a bike and he just started joining different races and fast forward to a year later he lost 109 pounds so that's how I got into um, endurance sport is because um, kind of like a rude awakening that we had to change our way of looking at health for my wife. So came back to Guam, started doing triathlons, started doing marathons, uh, and then eventually, fast forward 10 years ago, um, my wife needed to start doing some type of workouts, and that's how we started. I started um, doing like regular kettlebell workouts at, at Spike, and and the team started slowly growing with Sheila and Betty Ann, and now we have a lot more people. but. I introduced running. I would do running, like they'll do a workout and go run, you know, a quarter mile. And then it went from a quarter mile to a mile. And then went to like, okay, guys, we're going to train for the the Guam Marathon that starts at UOG. And we, you guys are going to do a relay. And they did their first six miles. So they split it up to four. And that was like the biggest thing for them. So that's how it started. Uh, for me, it was always a passion. It was always um, me chasing that high. I, every time I run, is always chasing that runner's high. And... Uh, Fast forward later on, the run team is 10 years. Everyone has done marathons, my wife, 
uh, Bob, Sheila, Jenny. I mean, a bunch of people, Sean, everybody on a team. And we have new people that are doing marathons. But me personally, my whole mindset has changed. Now, if, if you guys don't know out there, uh, Eli is also a badass black belt in jiu-jitsu. Now, that, that seems kind of two different sports from two different kind of areas, right? What what ha- has that has running helped with that uh yeah of course i mean just just like just, just like uh just like um like nate diaz and those guys um they're incredible fighters i mean they're not muscular they're not they're not big but they have crazy endurance because they do triathlons and marathons yeah. so for me it helped me because of my cardio cardio is king cardio is yep. king so you know but like i said um earlier that's how I got into to running, but it's crazy how my mindset has changed from the last twenty years to now. Yeah. It, now, initially, when you started the uh, the Gorilla Run team, and I remember you guys like saying you're going to run from Spike, and at that time was in Timuning, and you guys would run down to like uh, Hilton yeah. and back, or to Pacific Star, yeah, and back slowly, yeah. you know, and then it went all the way to Outback, yeah. Right yeah. and back, so yeah. it was kind of. Yeah. Every time I saw that, it was kind of weird for me to to look at the programming and look at you guys running all the time and looking at the distances, right? And that's yeah. something that never really appealed to me until yeah. later, later on in in my athletic development. Mm-hmm. But how for for the ones that have been running, what what has been the biggest change for you and for them? Well, most important thing for me is is my wife. Uh, she came off the meds, man. You know, lupus is not a not a nice disease. It, 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 it you know, a lot of people have died. A lot of people have um, lost their their structural look. I mean, and we fought it. We fought it. And I think for for us is that running um, was a way that my wife slowly got uh, got out of using all these pills. You know, and that's one thing. And you look at it now, we changed our eating habits few, four years ago. We were vegetarians for 15, find out we were eating wrong. Um, that, to me, is, is the biggest thing is that my wife does not take any meds for lupus. And there's probably 70, 80% of the people that have lupus that take steroids and prednisone and all that. And Marie does not take a single pill. It's because of just her lifestyle change. Their lifestyle change, you that's know. Cool. And the cool thing is, is, and I said it twice already, um, my mindset has has changed because of this gentleman on my right. I approached cardio and the old caveman style. Yeah. You do two twenties, two twenty twos, two eighteen miles in a camp, and you kill yourself. And you di- until this young man came up. To, well, I went to him for an it's injury. Not that young. Yeah, what was he going to be? I went up to him uh, for an injury. I knew who he was. Went in. Freaking fell in love with this kid, his method, his his way of thinking, and you know I'm a. It's it's people say you can't treat, uh, you can't teach old dogs new trick. I did, I learned. Yeah. He taught me how to, um, hybrid, the cardio and back it off. Even now, like now, I'm getting ready for a marathon. He's telling me like you're putting too many miles, but I'm still using the methods he's doing, but adding a little bit more miles where it's making me faster. But my mindset changed. Yeah. And it's changed for not just me. Like all these professional uh, uh, guys that are in my uh-huh. age that were doing marathons are minimizing their freaking miles now. It's yeah. crazy. Like like Ryan says that I'm running a lot of miles, right? I'm, I'm doing about 36 miles a week. Guys are doing 60 miles. I'm not going to get do 60 miles anymore a week. That's yeah. crazy. 
you know, the with nutrition, with fitness, right, there's been big changes in the past 10 years on methodologies, on philosophies, on how to get stronger, how to get faster, how to get leaner, how to eat right, whatever, right? And we've seen, we've seen it change. And before the mentality for basically running and getting faster and getting better at running is you run, mm-hmm. right, all the time. If you're going to run, you're going to run, um, let's say, a, a half marathon, you run 5Ks, and you try to do it faster than you do intervals, and you're always running. But there was never a lot of people that stepped outside of running and looked at another approach. And that's where I wanted to talk about how the program has changed for you and how and the rest of the Gorilla Run team and how you've incorporated different things and working with Ryan into that. And I, I'm a big believer that less is more. Yeah, well, for me, real quick before Ryan starts talking is um, – First and foremost, I'm not a professional. I I I I, I learned by a lot of uh, uh, bad and good training. It's pretty mm-hmm. much you know 20 something years you know putting putting information, finding information, talking to the right people. But you know this method for me at my age is working perfectly. Yeah. Quick example: April, I wasn't running as much. I was doing. Um, 80% of the blueprint workouts at, at Customs. I went on a trip with the wife to Vegas to NAB. We were running th- uh, four miles. I felt good running that morning. I ended up taking off. I hit a 551 mile. Not I wasn't running as much. That month I probably had less than 30 miles of running. But it was the rowing. It was the salt bike. It was everything else. And I I'm like holy you know like it was just crazy i was not training that month or the month prior to go and and run a mile in 551 yeah. at my age mm-hmm. so i mean it works it really does but but it's it's you have to really be patient of the process you got to trust the process you got to trust the process yeah. and that's all i always say trust the process yeah. and then now this dude has me running in and and zill drops and you know what's funny is that <laughs> Is that as, as long as I've known Ryan, right? I don't ever remember us running long, long distances. Like the most when we were working out, when you know when you guys opened up Custom Fitness, the most we ever ran was a mile, a mile at a time. That changed, yeah. And now, what is he up to? Like thirteen? I think his the most he did with us is fourteen miles in yeah. one day. Fourteen yeah, miles. 14, a mi- fourteen yeah. miles in a day. Yeah. Um, right after a good night. Just of hanging out, <laughs> not so much sleep. Five five miles is with, always within that reach, so it's yeah. definitely improved. So what what happened and what transpired with you guys coming together and creating a new program for the team? You know, um, one of the things that I I think that what I try to make Eli understand is number one. And I think most people don't understand running is a skill, mm-hmm. regardless of how long you've been doing it and and how and and the amount of out miles and hours, whatever it is that you've done. Running is learned, and if you've learned it bad, guess what's going to happen? You bad things are going bad things are going to happen. And if you learn the right things, guess what? As the more things that you learn the right way, your skill gets better, and guess what happens? Your efficiency gets better, your power output gets better, mm-hmm. everything along those lines gets better. And I think that once people understand how to create better efficiency and better economy in terms of running, guess what? The amount of effort that you have to put forth of running one mile is, you know, running your, that's like running three miles now, mm-hmm. as opposed to you're dying at two miles and it feels, you know, it's less than 400 meters. Yeah. So people think that, you know, that, that 
you know, the more they run, like you had mentioned earlier, the more they run, the faster they get. If that was the case, then everyone that was doing a 5K every weekend or every other weekend would have better, better times. But yep. in reality, those times have remained the same or they've even gotten slower yeah. and slower and slower. Um, so... I remember taking a look at my times too for 5Ks and I was like, man, how... I was, I was running like 27 to 30 minute 5Ks and I was like, how, how do I get this faster and it's not only until i started working out with you guys and started learning how to run more efficiently how to conserve my energy then i started dropping to like i think my fastest after you know when i started working out with you guys was like 24. yeah so so i think one of the like i said if running is a skill and you're bad at it guess what's going to happen you're not going to run very often and so one thing that we know that if you want to improve in any type of running you need to have some type of aerobic base okay so what we've done is we took away the running the like this whole running mentality of hey by the way you need to miles 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 so we've said hey by the way why don't you put more of an effort into biking and rowing which require less skill and movement and it just puts in the, 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 the minutes and hours and mileage under your belt. So when you get to running, again, running that two miles, three miles is less effortless. So if you spend less effortless, you have more opportunity to, to make sure that that skill gets better and better. So you're, you're still working on aerobic capacity but in a different in a different yes it's it's two different i mean there's i mean we there's so many different modalities that we can work on remember the aerobic base is an aerobic base if you're a runner you're a runner if you're a swimmer you're a swimmer but the crossover is 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 large when you're very inefficient so as long as you're improving in one area in terms of cardiovascular area then it can then the turnover into the one where you're so not efficient mm -hmm. you have a better opportunity to practice it more instead of so if you imagine if, a, if we get a runner okay if okay. you're a runner and we say hey by the way go swim how long is he going to last in the pool <laughs> not very long right but if you get a runner right and and even if he can run at least five miles right takes him 50 minutes the amount of time you can practice swimming for 50 minutes for not maybe not 50 minutes if 20 minutes will you know he has that opportunity ah uh, yeah, yeah i get it i get no it no aerobic base and you throw someone in the pool guess how long they're gonna last maybe a minute or two and yeah. then they're just sick i mean that's just no, that's the byproduct of it you and, know? And, and i and i saw i saw with myself my threshold increased because mm -hmm. i was i was putting in time in rowing or biking a salt bike and you know doing 15 20 miles on a salt bike is not easy mm -hmm. and i saw my my threshold just go up i saw my vo2 max i hit 50 you know and, and when you looked at when you looked at the percentage of my age on my garmin i was at a 20 20 year old uh fitness level just by adding those things yeah you know and it's so true because right after that i slowed down i started lifting and my aerobic went, went out the door and now i'm back again but yeah. it's just it's changing it up that's what's important i, I think one of the, the the aspects that i really appreciated when we started mixing in the rowing and the biking is that it wasn't as monotonous and it wasn't as hard on my legs anymore okay. you know like I, I remember running and preparing for the the half marathons or the marathons we did and every week my knees would be hurting and i'd be like holy moly what the hell's going on and then we started changing up the way we we trained and the rows the bikes and then the, we didn't run as much anymore and yeah. I, I felt good even better but look at that day we went swimming we went to the pool we haven't gone for years yep and we did a thousand meters yep. like nothing yeah 
I mean, I, we weren't exhausted. We went a thousand. Yeah, we had a good workout. We had a good workout. I mean, so again, that just shows you. And then the turnover from swimming to running improved too. Because I remember coming, uh, I was swimming for like what three, four weeks consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And within those three, four weeks, Pick my up. runs yeah. and the workouts itself were like, mm-hmm. I, I still had a lot, a lot of gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with with that with us providing a bigger base, you know, in terms of aerobic base, that allowed us as a team to then also focus on some strength aspects. Mm-hmm. And I think with a lot of runners, Truby and, and Eli, they they really miss out on that. They mm-hmm. think again, mm-hmm. going back to that idea of, hey, by the way, if if I want to get faster, I'm going to run more. In mm-hmm. reality, if you want to get faster or longer, favor, let me let me come into the gym and squat. Mm-hmm. And single leg stand and mm-hmm. do deadlifts and do anything that's compound in movement. Well, what's what's the rationale behind that? Well, remember, so an easy test is this, right? If you can stand on one foot, close your eyes, okay? If you can do that, then switch feet, close your eyes. Okay, if you could hold it for 30 seconds, fantastic. You have good, good balance, you could stand on one leg. But if you can't stand on one leg, okay, in a static position... <laughs> Right? What makes you think that you have enough balance, strength, and coordination to do running, which is single leg standing in, in a dynamic manner? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all you're doing is going doing that, right? Yeah. So your legs so moving, your legs moving one now. after the other, and now you just create inefficiencies along the way. So by squatting more, you're able to tolerate a higher load. Mm-hmm. So guess what? That happens if you can tolerate a higher load in terms of weight. The weight on the legs after 10 miles don't feel so heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- those are the things that by building an aerobic base, you then the recovery time between the weightlifting sets also improves. So it, go- it goes both ways. So like someone like me who was not a runner at all, took my strength training and allowed me to get into running. And so now it's kind of, and it's gotten me better at running. I've had to try in, in terms of improving my running by running more, but that's because of trying to build that base because yeah. I never had it. So if I'm, I was strong, but I could never run. So now that I can run, I'm now kind of building right back into that strength strength programming. I think a lot of runners, and I was the same way too, uh, when I started trying to incorporate lifting into my running, we were very apprehensive about doing that because I, I guess the the notion is that oh if you if you do leg day or you squat or whatever it's going to affect your running it's going to your legs are going to be too sore you're not going to be able to run and it's going to feel heavy and then when you run you're going to be heavy but that doesn't seem to be the case mm. at all right I mean I mean Eli can attest to this I think I think there's some days where legs do feel tired yeah but I think that comes from just a lot of I mean central fatigue I think I it's just we- it's just volume and load yeah. by the time you're yeah. Friday, Saturday and Sunday, of course, yeah. you know, people have lives, right? They, they, they have families, they, they have work and they have other obligations. Um, but in terms of the legs themselves, if you program right, the mileage at the end of the week should be probably your yeah, best. Exactly. And I think that based on the gorilla running team, I mean, their longer, longer days are on that Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And I, and I mean, when I was, when we were doing those, the Saturday and Sundays, that's when I kind of felt pretty damn good. Yeah. You know? And so with the incorporation of strength development within the program with uh, mixed modalities on aerobic capacity, the team's not running as much anymore, right? But within the team collectively, has there been improvement over the past, what, year that we've been, yeah. year and a half, two I mean, years? It's, it's, it, there has been. I mean, um, uh, perfect example, Jenny, my sister Jen. Uh, you know, she went from a four 
28 430 marathons down to a 409 best time uh she, 409 409 Dang. yeah she went to i think a one or or two two or 159 marathon sean miles same thing sean never ran in his life Sean never lifted in his life. He's been with, with our program now. For a year? For a year and a half. Yeah. This guy, when I first brought him to Ryan, Ryan looked at me and said, what the heck? <laughs> this guy looked like Chicken Little, <laughs> right? And, 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 I think but, we, yeah. we may have called him that. Yeah, <laughs> and he, was, he, he, had a, he had a hard time squatting just the bar. Yeah. This guy is squatting 200 pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So, so it's working. For me personally, and he's getting faster. And he's getting faster. Yes, he runs right next to me, and um, and but also for me personally, it works. You know, it it's like this week I had a hard time putting in my squats. I finally did front squats Thursday. Tomorrow I'm running four miles, and I'm going to come and do more front front squats in upper body. And I have eleven mile run. I need to. Uh, implement my squats because one thing I've learned from Ryan and learned from what he said and, and, and experienced myself is that if I'm running out there for more than three hours, I'm doing a lot more damage to my body. Mm-hmm. If I'm not lifting and, and adding muscle fibers to my legs, then I get tired and I won't recover as fast. So I have increase in leg size because I, I have skinny legs for a big day. yeah you did have skinny yeah. legs and i my my my, my i could tell with my shorts so i i increased in my 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 legs i increased in my squats and i'm i'm coming from i'm coming from two acls eight screws 10 titanium uh, uh staples in my knees and i'm squatting some pretty big numbers for someone mm-hmm. that never really squatted yep. so it works but yes, you will feel, you, you will feel, uh, feel beaten up, but you have to listen to your body. You got to say, okay, well, you know what? I had a heavy load. I just had a long run on Sunday. Monday, I'm going to take off. If Tuesday, I'm feeling heavier, okay, you know what? I'm not going to run. I'm going to do the rowing machine, or I'm going to go upstairs and do some rehab stuff. And that's where it's important. I, I think the, the rehab stuff, too, uh, I think it plays a big role in our recovery and just in our you know not getting us too tired from everything like we'll have long running days long cardio or long uh, high intensity workouts yeah and then the day after that is like just real easy uh rehab stuff yeah Yeah. you know accessories type working with the bands and stuff like that and and after after that workout i'm like I feel good. Man, you know? I, I do too. Like I, I go home and I have my balls. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I have my my uh, what do you call it? The the field hockey, whatever. The, the cross balls, golf balls, and I'm rolling, uh, you know, rolling on my feet and, and on my uh, on my shin. But I want to I want to share this real quick. I came from a certain style of shoe for so many years. I wore either a 33 or 55 backdrop to down to a 30 front drop right so i'm a hill to toe type of runner right okay okay uh a couple of months ago i'm upstairs giving this guy crap about his shoes and you know I, i've been damaging my toes a lot from all these years of running and um you know my toes look horrible because i'm always hitting yeah you got nasty yeah, looking toes so anyway <laughs> you got runner's toes so, so i went ahead and i pulled the trigger and i bought it a month ago so Ryan told Well, what did you buy? What shoe? I bought Ultras. Ultras. So I bought Ultras, and um, he said, dude, you have to really 
um, slowly, uh, uh, you have to transition slowly. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, whatever. Took it out for two days running. My Achilles are killing me, right? He gives me this smirk. So I do all these exercises. Dude, this Wednesday, four weeks exactly to this day, I did my first 10-mile run and zero drops with no issues with my Achilles. And it's probably one of the best runs, man. I'm running Dang. faster because of the shoes. Wait, so so what did what did the shoe do for you? So what's what's happening? Yeah, yeah, explain. So the so basically the way most shoes are, yeah, uh, the way most actually all running shoes besides zero drop shoes they are, are they have a little bit of an elevation in the back, so that they create more cushion and so that's more for comfort, and so basically it allows you to kind of get away with the running styles. You're cheating. It's like and and maybe not cheating, but just. What do you mean get it, What do you mean get away with running so styles? So a lot of times, especially when you're tired. Or you're overstriding, you start he- you start heel heel yes. heel driving, okay. right? That's like, kind of okay. what I mean. Look yeah. at the bottom of the shoes. You can yeah. you can see yeah. So what the zero drop does is it actually makes you focus on cadence and pace of the run. Remember, mm-hmm. it's a skill. It's a skill. It's a skill. I'm going to repeat it over and over. So it makes you focus on cadence and tempo, and then also making sure where you're at in terms of how upright you are in terms of positioning and things like that. So a zero drop, if you are a heel striker, it's going to make you feel like you're a heel striker. You'll feel that. Yeah. So it makes you drive a little bit forward, and it brings your hips underneath you and your knees underneath you. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know how like a lot of times if you go out for a long run, first thing that cramps is your quads, yeah. right? And that's where, because when you're stepping, your heel is driving in first and your quads are stopping you from moving, right? That's kind mm-hmm. of step. So as if you if you have issues with that, then if you use kind of a zero drop and you more towards a pose runner, mm-hmm. then you use more of your hamstrings. So, so, so then. Hamstrings. So then you focus on the cadence of your, of your feet as opposed to try to overstride. So literally, it tells you to to shorten the stride and focus on the amount of steps per per minute. Per minute, yeah. Thank and you. and so it's true because sorry, it's true because last month, um, my average cadence was about one fifty five, oh. one sixty. Oh yeah, wow. And then now this month is one seventy, one seventy five. My average cadence. Yeah. Just because so of the more shoe. steps within so the more steps within that mile. Yep. Yeah. And so what that may, means was that for Eli, he was shortening his steps yeah. and increasing his his uh, the distance. speed of his feet. Yeah. Which is good, is because yeah. as you begin to get tired. So if you think about right, if you think about those people who are really professional, they're closer to two hundred. Yeah. Per minute, per 200 minute? steps yeah. per, per minute. minute. That's how yeah. fast they're moving. They're moving yeah. their feet. Yeah. But you think about, it, they're going four hundred. Yeah. I mean, I sorry, they're going four minute miles. Yeah. So if you move your feet like this, and they're not overstriding, look, they look like they're, but they're that's where yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're driving with their hamstrings, not with their quads. Look at the, the runners. Look at like a, an, a, an actual elite runner. Look at his quads versus look at his hamstrings. You yeah. could see the, uh, you could see his hamstrings just, boom, they're just there. Yeah. So the, the notion of heel to toe running, is that, is that not... Customary anymore? I mean, I, mean I, th- I think that it, it really depends on body type and build. I'm not going to say that, and, it, and it's not a one-size-fits-all, but traditionally when you learn how to run, that's what most people know. And I think because of that, people think that's kind of the proper style, but at the end of the day, you have kids that are battling with osteoslaughters, slaughters, yeah. ankle problems, knee problems early on, and I think that if people are more aware of a different running style than they are, instead of... Instead of heel to toe, maybe they can change up a little. And remember, it's 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 whatever it's whatever it's functionality for you. Uh-huh. So if you are a runner to train like for football, 
I don't think that heel to toe, uh, maybe heel to toe might work, you know, and, but if you're running to train for a marathon over the course of 15 or 20 years, guess what? That style is going to break you. Yeah. So I think it, 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 it goes back to that, the function of it. Yeah. I remember looking at running strides or, I mean, running position, right? And the different styles of running. And must have been six or seven years ago that I bought... Um, Remember what the, those Vibrams? Yeah, the Vibrams, yeah. Yeah, so I switched from a heel toe to a more forefoot mm-hmm. style of running. Kind of a pose, And yeah. I, I completed, I think, the the half a marathon, or the half marathon in, in those Vibrams, and I felt good. Like, my nothing hurt, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll switch this. Now I have, like, um, what are these, Pegasus 35s, mm-hmm. which have the higher back, but I whenever I look at my shoes after, you know, I wear them down, it's always a front that is kind of like... See, but you see, so so you just bought the Vibrams. Um, there's there's a controversy with that company because they did not put any soles at all on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultras do. So you're running in a flat sole, but that sole is about thirty three. It's super thin. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's kind of thick and it's good. But you're still running. Oh no, flat. for the the Vibrams. The Vibrams. Yeah, no, no. But for the Ultras. Oh, okay. Ultras added cushion. So the you're, thing, you're still at a zero drop. Yeah, exactly. So what you're doing is. Um, you're you're not running on your toe, but you're 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 approaching the ground at an even level to just kind of touch it and go. So touch and go. Yeah, touch you're not and go. slamming your heel. Yeah, and that's what that's what you're basically pulling yourself forward. Yes, that's what you're doing. Yes, you're pulling yourself. Think about okay, the, okay, okay. Pulling it, so this is what you're you're, you're pulling yourself forward. That's all hamstring. Instead of striking with the heel yeah. and, and then okay, okay, to, yeah. Instead of yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. Okay. But yeah, the vibe the vibe is a good point because I think when they originally came out, do do shoes really matter? Um, do you I, think? Because I know Eli, you've gone through so many shoes, right, for running. I, I think I think it does because if if if, and you know, there's no bash on any any companies out there, but you know, let's talk about the most, you know, the probably the, the 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 most popular probably Nike. Yeah. Free runners and and. and the, they're not running by the way free runs are not running shoes so i can okay, have a story with that <laughs> okay, i was not using, shoes. i was using free runners uh to train for what run was it it was a half marathon we were training for something and i like midway through our training camp i was complaining to eli that my night my knees were hurting bad like i used to live in a, a two-story apartment and walking up the steps every single day after training it hurt and i was like oh my god my knees are so bad i would have to ice it all the time yeah. and i was complaining and i bought it and i used it because it was cheap it was like 60 70 dollars yeah and he told me stop that yeah. you need to get yourself legit running shoes yep. and then uh he showed me the pegasus yep. and i was like okay let me try it mind blown yeah I my knees didn't hurt. Yeah. My running was more efficient. Yeah. And I felt way better with yeah. it. So and then he also told me I have to stop wearing my running shoes when I'm just yeah, doing well, everyday stuff. But you know, you know, it's funny. So years ago, and even NTJ, I I, I switched her shoes yep. out. Yep. But even years ago, when the Gorilla Team started, everyone was on a free tip, right? So Bob, my my, my brother Bob, my as Sheila, they all had uh, 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 freeze, and I kept telling, them, dude, you can't run in this. They no, Prim. No, don't worry about it. It's yeah. a good shoe. But <laughs> after a couple months later, everyone switched to running shoes. Yep. So I don't think, and I think that most people are very just maybe uneducated about the running shoes itself. So 
and the, the shoes is a good question because a lot of times when people pick their shoes, what do yeah. they pick it based upon? Color. Yeah. Color and Color. how they look, yeah. right? Yeah. They don't base it upon the structure of their feet. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how you run, to be very honest with yeah. you. It's a matter of the shoes that you pick should match the structure of your feet. Should fit you. So they have three different types of shoes yeah. you know, out there, right? They have the neutral, motion control, and then they have the stability. stability. So those are the three ones out there, and you just you just have to pick which ones you are. Majority of the times, most people will be neutral. Yeah. Um, so I disability stability shoe for a long time, and it was the wrong shoe. I ran long. I mean, I ran a lot. That's what the Hoka's Hoka's. That's like that's like no Hoka's Hoka's have they have neutral, but like the Asics Kyanans, all these okay. shoes, and and I and and I end up switching over to neutrals and neutrals. There were good different change, but I think where my my run really has improved is in the last month now. Out of all these years of running, last month uh, switching over to the ultras zero drop, but still there's a, a lot of cushion, which are technically a neutral shoe. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Neutral shoe that with the the this, with the zero drop. Yeah, so. zero drop does not mean you're, you're running barefoot. That's what people yeah. think. It's not true. It is not running this barefoot. This is the angle at which yeah. you hit the the ground. It's it's the sole from from front to back is the same size. Yeah. Hmm. So normally, okay. like, if you put your shoe up, it, yeah, my like heel's that. higher. So yeah, that's that's what the drop means. So from this angle to that. Okay. Yeah. Now just switching gears a little bit. The one thing I appreciate about the Gorilla Run team is that one, we're all one big team, one big family, right? And everybody's in it together. And, and Eli, you do a really, really great job at being the coach to get everybody on board and say, hey, guys, you got to wake up at three o'clock in the morning so we can start our workout at four. But why four o'clock in the morning? Why? Well, I don't have to go at four o'clock, right? I have, my kids are both in college now I have a freshman and a senior in college but everyone else has kids so you know for me it's a, I believe that I love to share things that I love to do so mm -hmm. I love to run so we built this small community of people and that's why we got along with the custom community because they're all about community and it made it a bigger community mm -hmm. now but I believe in sharing something that I truly love and, and I have a passion for I don't do it for any monetary I, I do it for free I, lo I just love I love I love to um, uh, preach about health and eating right and working out and so we do that for in the morning because a lot of people have kids and they got to get home and honestly um it's the only time that i know coach ryan will work out with us too because he's so busy you know but you know the thing is it's funny because uh you me and then ryan now is a triangle it's a perfect marriage for me personally and i'm trying to push push people that that you can't just work out without eating right mm -hmm. Eating right is a real big balance, too. And listen, man, I love a good beer, and I love the people I work out with. They love drinking beer, wine, whatever, enjoying yourself. But it's it's important to find a good balance. Yeah. And and uh, so, yeah, going back, 4 in the morning, you know, we uh, we do it because the people are married. But, I mean, uh, because they have, they have uh, kids at school. But, um, I mean, that's re the only reason why I do it, so. The the one thing I appreciate too is that when you look at the team, we're not elite athletes. We're not like super hardcore. Athletes. I mean, maybe there's like one or two of us that are like standout athletes or whatever. Not you, be not me, right? But oh, you guys saw Paul. The Paul. It's Paul. <laughs> uh, but we're all normal people, you know. And for us, that early morning four o'clock 
makes sense because yeah. we get done with our workout hour and a half You're in, finished. and we're home by six six thirty. Yeah. yeah, you know we get the kids ready, yeah. go off to work, and I feel like if I don't get the workout in in the morning, it's very very hard for yeah. me to get a workout in after work. Yeah, you know, so that's that's one reason why I like that four o'clock in the morning. Um, but again, switching gears, you talked about how now there's a there's three things we have to look at, right? We're looking at one, just a running aspect, right? We're looking at health, we're looking at running and strength, and now we're looking at the way people eat for the team and for running in general. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's been a big switch in how people thought of what to eat when they run versus now? Yeah, there is. Can I, can I, okay, so guys, here's the deal, all right? So majority of the times people overestimate the amount of calories they burn and they underestimate the amount of I'm just, I'm just going to say yeah, this out yeah, and they underestimate yeah. the amount of calories yeah, yeah. so you know we see we see this very often right mm-hmm. these the, the 5Kers you know and there's guys Weekend Warriors fantastic I love you guys the Weekend Warriors and you know my, one of my, my my cousins is, is I'm going to throw his name out there Chad Chad Escura you know who I'm talking about <laughs> Kay, this, this guy loves you know his 5Ks right but Lecce after uh, after the 5Ks you know he's at you know these these restaurants yeah. enjoying a good meal and I think that if people can actually understand the amount of calories they are burning during that activity they would then change their uh, just their lifestyle in general mm-hmm. what they eat afterwards I think that's a big misconception yeah. so in, in reality I mean for most people if you're just an average Joe Schmo I mean doing a 5k even if even if you're walking you're only burning not more than 300 calories yeah. that's a, that's the honest truth even if I'm yeah. pushing hard yeah. I'm burning like 500 calories and, and and when they go out and eat I mean just with that scoop of rice and you know, that's that, already that, 200 that lechon and the, the barbecue the, you know the bacon yeah. you're already at, <laughs> you're already at six to 800 calories yep so you've actually you've actually by running that 5k in the morning you've actually have a surplus of 500 calories yeah. so no i mean uh, and what I, do you think you like no it's it's so true i mean for me it's different i mean cuz uh you know chubby uh is 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 a big part of my nutrition every day uh ryan's a big part of my fitness and, and also rehabbing my body i'm older and i'm injured but my calories, man. I, I I spit a lot of calories. You know, I mean, I I, spur, I burn a lot. Some people are not lucky. I, my sister Jen, that's my training partner, and she only burns half the calories. I you do. guys will run. Let's say let's say we run five miles. Yeah. Right. Jen will burn. I would say seven hundred calories within that five miles. Yeah. You will burn like a thousand. Yeah. Easy. That's that's just not yeah. fair. It's just a thousand. And you know, and, and it's and it's not made up. I have my Garmin. I have yeah. my MyZone, and it's like holy. You know, I mean, it's so. I love the weekends because if I'm doing a 10 mile run, man, I, I, I burnt 2,000 like 2, calories. Easy. And I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and the thing is, I believe in that 30 minute, I, that 30 minute window. Oh my God, that's free calories. I'll eat whatever I can real quick. Yeah. You know, a lot, the, the notion to, you know, for a lot of runners is carbs, 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 carbs. Right. <laughs> What's the mentality now? Yeah. Okay. Go, go, okay. Going back. Going back to. Going back to that idea of over. You know, just um, overestimating and underestimating. Uh, so you know that the traditionally okay traditionally and I'm, I'll be be very honest with you. I was at fault for this. Yeah. Because the me whole too. thing of the whole thing was like you need a carb load. You need to do this. You need yep. to do that. Yep. Okay. So we understand that like just general general physiology. Okay. We have a we have a X amount of you know muscle glycogen within this, the muscles and we have X amount of whatever storage okay fast storage guys you're not gonna burn muscle if you overrun (laughs) okay 
if you don't eat for one day, you're not going to burn your muscles. Okay, you just you just won't. Okay, yeah. so there's the idea of, of carb loading is okay if you're running a marathon. Yeah, yeah, and that carb loading should actually start roughly about two days before. Yeah, yep. so the day, the night before really doesn't matter. It's probably about two days. Before. It's how you prepare for it exactly, and so and then with and even and I'll just throw this out there, even with any type of activities less than an hour in general, you don't need any type of. Uh, sports supplement drink whether it be kind of a Gatorade or Powerade or even an, you know Endure or anything like that so anything or goo or goo or, or anything anything under an hour yeah now anything once you're approaching that 50 minute window mm-hmm. 55 you're going to need some type of maybe a slight re- replenishment anywhere between probably 100 calories of mm-hmm. 100 calories of something of a carbohydrate maybe something sweet but other than that most people don't even unless you're training for a marathon most people don't even get to a point where they're going to need anything supplemental i used to think when i was training for and i've done uh, a few uh, half marathons right i used to think that i i needed to rely on carbohydrates and goo all the time right we i remember two three years ago i did one of the half marathons and I must have slammed like four or five goos within a half marathon, <laughs> yeah. right? Because it's like every forty-five minutes yeah. you gotta you gotta yeah. eat one of these yeah. to replenish your yeah. the the, the glyco- yeah. glycogen that you lost. Yeah. So I did that, and I would feel one on the run. I'd feel super drained, yeah. and then when I eat it, I'm like, ooh, burst of energy, yeah. and then thirty minutes later, super drained. drained. Yeah. Right. So then we started talking, right? And I started looking up. Um, some nutrition tips for you know how, how nutrition's changing for uh, endurance sports, mm-hmm. and I got into this whole thing about metabolic metabolic flexibility mm-hmm. and having your body understand how to adjust from carbs and also utilize fat. Yep. Right. And so I experimented with that, and it was two uh, UGMs ago. Right, United Guam Marathons. And I, I, I was working with you, Eli. Yep, exactly. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm with the training. I'm also changing the way I eat just to, to test it out on myself. Mm-hmm. And I ate a lot more fat. I still ate a lot of carbohydrates, but I kind of balanced that. And it was mind-blowing to me because, one, inflammation-wise, the whole training camp, I wasn't sore. Mm-hmm. Or I was sore, but I wasn't hurting, mm-hmm. right? And also, within the, the whole race, I think I only ate one packet of goo and that was just at the halfway point just to give me something and i didn't even think i needed it but i remember all through the camp i didn't even carry goo it was just water and gatorade you know and i think it was that that aspect of letting my body adjust and utilize the fat as energy rather than always relying on carbohydrates i think that really helped me is there anything that you guys have done that that changes along with that well for me it it, it, it's i i was at fault. Me and my wife used to just eat pasta like it was going out of out of style, you know. And, and uh, uh, just a couple of years ago, like you just said, we changed it up. And and you know, for an example, um, I'm running 11 miles on uh, Sunday. Sunday. So tomorrow at lunchtime, my wife and I usually go to Korean. I don't eat rice, mm-hmm. so we'll get um, we'll get kalbi, we'll get uh, a, a a fish. And then we will eat the sides. So we get the salt, we get the fatties of the of the meat. Then for dinner, I'll have quinoa with tuna and and seaweed. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I can in the next morning, that you know uh, use the use the restroom. So that works for me. Now some people, um, they need mentally to eat something in the mornings. 
uh, I don't know why. I, I, I can't. I can't have something in my stomach, right? I can't get up and eat something or have coffee. Um, but your body, a lot of times, depending on the workload that you've had that week, might need that goo for a long run because it's happened to me mm-hmm. I've had I've done 10, 11 miles where I didn't touch a goo but I've had an 8 mile run where at yeah, like mile 5 oh man I needed it yeah. because all depends on the workload you know mm-hmm. and people need to understand is that like what Ryan said you don't prepare for something an hour or the night before you prepare at least uh, 15 18 to 24 hours before right or even or even longer than that and also even your workouts what you did three days ago can affect how you're going to perform on sunday too yeah. so you have to be really vigilant on, on your training logs you have to log everything down and figure out what what's good for your body so yeah um you don't need if you don't need to go up all the time but it's smart to have it because you can have a, a sugar crash, and that's that's scary too. And when I've seen that many times, yeah. Um, you know, like last week, uh, did 11, a ten mile run, I felt good, and for some reason at mile nine I needed to go. I just felt, ugh. so I, I hit it up, finished my mile, and I was done. So, yeah, you don't need to carb load. That's that's a m- misconception. Um, but you also need to figure out what kind of body type you have. Today I took my test for the first time. I was really blown away of the numbers. I found out that I need a lot. I'm a fat burner, so I don't need carbs, and that's something you called out, Chuby. And uh, well, you don't need it as much. As much. As, yeah, much. as much. You as still much. need carbs, but and, not as much. And, and I can eat higher calories. I saw. I saw. I'm. I'm pretty jealous. So very just, jealous. Just, 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 uh, just with Eli sitting down at home, you know, watching <laughs> watching his TV, his KUM channel. Uh, he's at 2,200 calories. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot for anyone. Um, I think I'm on the, the. I think for me, I'm on the different in terms of when, in terms of preparing for a long run. I, I'm a faster, so I don't eat anything prior to. That's same with um, me. Uh, yeah. Prior to eating, uh, running, my stomach can just not. I can't handle. Yeah, me too. Anything in my belly. So even with that, I even roughly about 55 minutes. That's when I have even half a goo. Yeah. I, but I, I've been that, reading that yeah. it's better to run on an empty stomach and get your your fat storage is kind of primed sure. for that sure. and then when you're like you said like 55 minutes 60 minutes yeah. into your run have something yeah you know because then you're gonna need it yeah but you shouldn't have to rely on something early on yeah and, and if you're running out there and, and and you don't have support like uh this spoiled gorilla team does <laughs> mm-hmm. um carry money i mean because you know honestly man uh, uh jelly beans a uh, a uh, uh, a snicker kit kat can help with those type of crashes man you know yeah but um yeah, but I'm also the worst person to take nutrition advice from. Uh, <laughs> this so, guy eats anything he so wants and still has a six pack. So yeah, if, uh, that's crazy. If you go, if you want to know how to get stronger and run faster on the fast food diet, you can follow Flexible Drinking <laughs> on Instagram. Okay, Flexible Drinking. Flexible Drinking. <laughs> Hit him up. Shameless plug. Shameless uh, plug. Anyway, so. I think that's all we have for today. I want to thank you guys for um, coming in and talking to us. It, it, for me, it was very interesting to see the, the different aspects of running. And I know it's very, very big on Guam. And a lot of people are kind of tweaking their programs, tweaking the way they do things to improve their, their athletic development. So it's a really good conversation that we all had. Um, if you want to learn more about how to get involved with, you know, or 
just improve your running at all, um, contact Eli or contact Ryan at Custom Fitness, and he does wonders with rehab as well. So amazing things. Amazing things. Uh, he knows how to braid hair too, so he's yeah. good at that. Yeah, but I just want to add to what you said. Listen, uh, don't be afraid to try things. Um, yep. um, I, I, I've done numerous of different programs and. I, I'm happy that I was able to find the right thing that works for me, that works for my wife and the run team. And go to somebody that is knowledgeable, knowledgeable, that knows sports. Don't go to somebody that's never played any sports at all. Because I'm telling you, man, you're going to get the wrong like advice. So find someone, find a good nutritionist that also has a background in sports and still act active in sports. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to somebody that is just a pencil pusher and just read books and never tried these methods out it's kind of scary you know? yeah yeah that that's super 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 true um if you're also looking at ways to improve your health check me out at boca box um i'm always willing to sit down and talk about yeah. uh, how to how to get things done for you how to individualize things uh actually uh uh, Custom Fitness, their Blueprint Project, and the Boca Box are going to be coming out with a new program very, very soon in the next month. That's going to work on metabolism. Uh, so be ready, be ready for that. We'll we'll be pushing that out soon. Um, other than that, I want to thank everyone for joining us on Boca Talks, and we'll see you next week. Adjust.